Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm your host, Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. We have a lot to cover this week from the FASB with updates on their second ASU issued around investments in tax credit structures to updates on several of their projects at their recent meeting. We round out the week tackling another update on sustainability reporting developments. This time, we saw recent supplemental guidance for internal controls being released by COSO as it relates to sustainability reporting. So Matt, what can you tell us about the second accounting standard update for 2023? Yeah, last week, the FASB issued ASU 2023-02, accounting for investments in tax credit structures using the proportional amortization method which expands the use of the proportional amortization method of accounting to equity investments and other tax credit structures that meet certain criteria. Previously, this method was only available for certain investments in qualified affordable housing projects like low-income housing tax credit or low-income housing tax credit investments as an alternative to either the cost or equity method of accounting since 2014. Because of the shared similarities between these types of investments and other tax equity investments, stakeholders requested the FASB consider expanding the availability of this amortization method. Yeah, the proportional amortization method results in tax credit investments being amortized in proportion to the allocation of tax credits and other tax benefits in each period with a net presentation within the income tax line item. There are also several key provisions in the new ASU outlined in addition to expanding the use of the proportional amortization method. Specifically, the ASU clarifies the qualifying investment criteria and evaluation of that criteria. It also provides for an election of the proportional amortization method on a tax credit program by program basis. The ASU requires the use of the flow-through method of accounting to account for the related tax credit when the proportional amortization method is applied even if the investor has generally elected the deferral method of accounting for investment tax credits. And lastly, the ASU prescribes both disclosures required on an interim and annual basis for tax equity investments in tax credit programs where the proportional amortization method is elected. There are also certain disclosure requirements for investments even when this amortization method is not elected. Yeah, and the guidance is effective for public businesses for fiscal years beginning after December 15th, 2023, including interim periods within those fiscal years. All other entities have another year to adopt this guidance. Early adoption is permitted, and if adopted in an interim period, the guidance must be applied retrospectively to the beginning of the fiscal year that includes that interim period. Adam, I know the FASB board met as well last week. What can you tell us on the developments from that meeting? Yeah, so the board discussed several different ongoing projects during that meeting, including their project on the conceptual framework, specifically around the reporting entity, their project on income statement expense disaggregation, and their project on credit losses for acquired financial assets. For the conceptual framework, the board deliberated substantive issues that were identified by comment letter respondents to their exposure draft on the reporting entity. Following that, the board made several tentative decisions, including on the three features of a reporting entity, consolidated financial statements, parent-only financial statements, portion of a larger entity, and combined financial statements. 
Following that discussion, the board directed the staff to then draft the final chapter to the reporting entity of concept statements eight for vote by written ballot. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. The FASB also further discussed their project on the disaggregation of income statement expenses. During the meeting, the board made tentative decisions around inventory costs, application of the selling expenses disclosure requirements to non-business entities, disclosure of certain natural expenses, amortization, depreciation, and depletion, disclosures for interim reporting periods, and disaggregation requirements. For transition, the board decided to require prospective application of the disaggregation disclosure requirements with optional retrospective application. The board also directed staff to next draft a proposed ASU for vote by written ballot. They will allow a 90-day comment period on the proposed update. And the final update from last week's meeting by the FASB focused on their credit loss project for acquired financial assets. The board continued deliberating the accounting for acquired financial assets within the scope of the new CECL standard and tentatively decided not to change the presentation of purchased financial assets with credit deterioration, or PCD. In addition, the board tentatively decided to require that entities use a modified retrospective transition method so that the expanded PCD scope would be applied retrospectively to the date an entity adopted the amendments for the new credit loss standard. All right, that's a lot of FASB chatter for this week. So let's give that a rest and switch gears here uh, with some updates from COSO. So Matt, recently COSO released new guidance of effective internal controls as it relates to sustainability reporting. What can you highlight for us there? Yeah. Also, last week, the Committee of Sponsoring Organizations of the Treadway Commission, also known as COSO, released a supplemental guidance for organizations to achieve effective internal control over sustainability reporting, or ICSR, using the globally recognized COSO framework. COSO believes its use will further build trust and confidence in ESG and sustainability reporting, public disclosures, and enterprise decision-making. COSO Chair Lucia Wind highlighted that more companies are now in various stages of implementing controls and governance processes over the collection, review, and reporting of sustainability information, including creating multifunctional teams that bring together a company's sustainability, finance and accounting, risk management, legal, and internal audit professionals. In many ways, sustainable business reporting is still subject to evolution and innovation. As a result, it will be a process of continuous improvement, including building internal capacity and relevant assurance. The supplemental guidance points to several key themes as organizations and practitioners begin or continue their journeys towards establishing and maintaining an effective system of internal control over financial and sustainable business information. Although internal control over sustainability reporting may not yet be well established in practice, The report provides key insights that can be gained from the experiences of those organizations that are leading the way. Specifically, the guidance takes each of the 17 principles of the internal control integrated framework and explains their application to sustainability. Points of focus are also included along with practical insights and application of the supplemental guidance. COSO noted that the new supplemental guidance is significant given the upcoming final rules on climate risk from the SEC and ISSB, not to mention the journey organizations are on to build sustainable management principles into their core mission, purpose, governance, and strategies. And that rounds us out for this week. For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcast on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll catch you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. 
Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.